0: (laughs) Welcome to Healthcare Marketing Insights for the week of January 25, 2010. This is Chris Bevelo, president of Interval, the healthcare marketing firm that puts on the podcast. and I'm joined via electronic communication by... Adam Meyer. Yo, dog. Jackie Retackle. That's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) sup jackie sup (laughs) you got nothing adam stole mine oh that's true (laughs) i'll think of some creative one for the ending okay fair enough okay so what's in the news what's up in the news what's the happening guys pay attention to the news yeah
1: there's some pretty uh pretty significant uh well, at least as far as
0: politics goes, pretty significant happenings going on. Right. So you had the win. You had the win by what's his name? The Republican. I can't even think of his name. Brown. Yep. In Massachusetts. Massachusetts. First time in how long? Forever. Uh, oh, it's been, a, forever. Yeah, it's been a, a Kennedy, I think, forever, right? Yeah, it's the first time Republicans won a Senate seat there forever and a day. Uh, and the ironies are rich because he's taking over the seat from Edward Kennedy who died, whose lifelong passion, or at least at the end of his life's passion, was healthcare reform. And he had a guy who basically ran against the healthcare reform and won. Right. So I don't want to get into all the politics of that. It makes my head hurt as it is. I'm not even sure I'm sad they're gonna to have to go in and redo the healthcare reform because I think I'm not sure I was all for it anyway, but right. Certainly a big deal, yeah. Especially when he was trying to pawn off his daughters. You see that noise? What's that? (laughs) What did you see that? No, what what was that? His his daughters are these hot twenty somethings. One of whom was on American (laughs) Idol, as a contestant. And when he in his acceptance speech, he said, "And my daughters are available." And (laughs) and then he said, "And then you know, know, he got some crap." And then he said, "Oh, actually, no, my youngest daughter is not available, but." This one is. So he did it again. So now the big debate is whether that's really you know, fatherly teasing or just downright creepy. I'm not sure eh, what that's you guys a think. I'll, I, I,
1: I think I would default to fatherly teasing.
0: And I'd default to creepy, so we'll see. Yes, because you're a girl, right? Or a woman. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe? You're not Maybe. sure if you're a girl or a woman? <laughs> I'm sure about that. I'm just not sure how that changes anything. Okay, so that's in the news. Another thing that's in the news, not really in the news, but it's new to us this week, is uh, I don't know how often they do it, but the Society for Healthcare Strategy and Market Development, or Shushmid, puts out a publication called Future Scan 2010, which has all these kind of trends in it. Uh, It's kind of a, you know, I don't know, it's about a 36-page booklet, really, about healthcare trends and implications. And this one goes from 2010 to 2015. And I think it always makes for an interesting read. It would be interesting to go back and see kind of what they were saying about today Mm -hmm. uh, to see how much of it came true. They don't try to uh, cover the whole gamut. They just pick, like in this case, I think there's eight trends they pick Uh, For example, the economy, what could a change in the economy mean for hospitals, Um, the transition of physicians from alignment to integration. So pretty top level strategic trends. Mm -hmm. So I recommend any marketer read it so that you can be up to speed on what those trends are. You don't have to agree with what they say, but at least you're in the conversation. Is that available online? Yeah. I don't think so. I think you think it is, Jackie?
1: No, I was just going to, I was echoing Adam's question.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said yes. I thought you knew. I think you get one free with As a membership. A member. Okay. Yep. And then after that, it's fairly expensive. I'm going to say it's over a hundred bucks. Okay. So it's kind of a valuable little piece there. <clears throat> okay. So if you're a member cool. of Shushman, I recommend you checking it out. And if you're not, I recommend you joining Shushman so that you can get one probably worth the price of admission just that so next on our docket pew internet study you know i dream of the day when we get an rfp from pew internet study people for a rebranding project <laughs> Why? I, you know i have no idea well pew. i have no idea what's behind pew i assume it's a person who either founded it or gave them a lot of money Right. I don't even know if it's non-profit or not, but it's it's so well-known. Maybe they shouldn't change it. It's just, it always catches me when I see Pew. Yeah, that's a cool name. It's a cool name? Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. man who, why is, what is it? Confucius <laughs> say a man who fought in church sit in own pew? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly why it's cool. That's awesome. All right, so they came out with a new... Um, their Pew Internet and American Life Project. And I don't, Adam, I think you brought this forward, but the survey uh, or the research they did shows that as of December, so last month, uh, basically 74% of all <clears throat> US adults are on the internet, but only 38% of those age 65 and over are on the internet, mm-hmm. which I guess doesn't shock me. What do you guys right. think of those, particularly the senior one? I am not shocked
1: at all, you know, that's more than a third, quite a bit more than a third, really. So I I don't know, it seems it seems like a pretty pretty realistic. I mean, it's what I would expect. I guess I would be surprised if it was much higher than that. Yeah. It would be great. But yeah, I don't know, it wasn't it certainly wasn't a shocker, but it's nice to see some validation of you know, see some real numbers.
0: Even though that seems low, I think 38% still seems like a high percentage for 65 and older. Especially when I consider who I know that's 65 and older, but right, that's probably a good number. Now, this is this is one of those where, um, you know, we 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 always have our rant about asking people their opinion, and opinion doesn't equal behavior. Uh, this is one of those I think that you might be able to trust a little. It might correlate closely to behavior if you ask somebody to use the internet. Um, that's something that you know you'll still have a little bit of inflation of people who don't that don't want to be embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But you know whether you use the internet or not. If it's that simple of a question, mm-hmm. uh, you're not going to get people who go, yeah, I think I do, or I know a friend who does, or whatever. Um, though it's interesting that the survey, they talk about how they surveyed 2,258 adults, 18 and older, and 565 of those were cell phone interviews. Which, again, is just interesting. If you're interviewing yeah. somebody over the cell phone, aren't you, aren't you pretty much precluding... I don't know, maybe not, maybe that doesn't assume internet use, but um, to that point, their their cover story, we'll provide a link to this on this survey says, all this could change if more older adults start carrying internet enabled mobile devices. Um, but for now, the majority of adult, older adults remain offline in the stationary media majority. So I guess I would mm-hmm. not assume that if older adults start carrying internet enabled mobile devices that they're internet use will go up because I know my parents have cell phones uh, and they can barely work the cell phone let alone wait. <laughs> and that's not any slam. I mean, my dad's a freaking PhD, so it's not, no. not any slam on them. It's just, right. we all know Why? like my right. generation struggled with VCR programming. Oh. So it, it's just, you know, if it's a new technology and you're older, you, you don't want to use it. You don't try to use it. I don't know. I don't, I don't see them getting more cell phones and all of a sudden texting. 'Cause it's it's not just about the technology, it's about what you're used to, your style of communication, all of that. Right. 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 Yeah, and I obviously I think we'll see these these numbers will only go
1: up mm-hmm. as the years go on, you know, as as generations younger than sixty five, you know, enter that bracket, the numbers of course will go up, but I'm
0: certainly not surprised to see it at thirty eight percent. Yeah. Right. I guess it says that um 55% of all adults connect to the internet wire, wirelessly. So through cell phone or Blackberry or iPhone or whatever. Uh, but just 16% of those age 65% do. So it, that kind of goes to our all personal experience of, you know, they may have cell phones, but they're not using them for the internet. They're using them to call mainly. Right. Right. But like you said, Adam, I agree as, as just generationally, as people move, pass on and generations shift, you know, it'd be like if you did this survey 60 years ago and said how many people use a TV. I don't know if it's quite the same, but I'm sure there's some generational differences and once it becomes accepted, that just changes over the years. Yep. Right. Anything else on that, Adam? I, you know, I gave my thoughts on it. Was there either of you guys have anything else on that that is interesting? No, you to know, you?
1: the page that describes the, um, the survey is pretty short and sweet. There's not a ton to talk about on there other than, other than the uh, that specific stat, um,
0: yeah, and you know, like we said, I don't, I don't think too many people will be very shocked by it. Okay, we'll move on. I mean, I guess for healthcare marketers, before we move on, the the, the takeaway is, you know, if you're targeting people over sixty five, you just got to be careful of using the internet right. you know, solely as your as your source. Right. Which I, again, I don't think that's new news, but. Right. Well, I think you need to when when you marry this with other
1: statistics that are out there, I mean, I've seen Oh man, I don't know what they are off the top of my head. I don't know what they are exactly, but off the top of my head, I know that like Facebook had some statistics showing that certain age groups were the fastest growing, you know, and I think I think they even one of those statistics was people were people who were like 65 and older. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I'll have to dig that up. But it's it's. It's easier to put that to put that stat into perspective when you look at a stat like this so it's like even though that segment might be growing quickly when you look at overall how many adult how many adults in that age range are actually online um that gives you a much clearer picture of you know the percentage of your potential customer base that might actually be there um so it's it's interesting to look at these stats in relation in
0: relation to one another mm-hmm. okay should we move on to the next one <laughs> what's next what next? What's up? Okay, so this came through um gosh, I want to give credit to where I found this and I'm not gonna be able to do it. It was it was um Reagan Healthcare. Have you guys heard of that? Yep. Mm-mm. Yes you have? I don't Jackie? think that just I from have. you today. <laughs> just hold on, I'm trying to find the um I spell it wrong, so anyway, we'll provide a link to it. But they provide, uh, I don't know if it's daily, but they provide an internet or an e-newsletter for healthcare marketers and PR communication folks. And they kind of just pull, they aggregate different things. And so this was something they pulled from the Chicago Tribune uh, that's titled, Walgreens consults patients with diabetes. And I'll just read this little blurb. Walgreens Company is launching a wellness program that helps diabetics. The program will involve pharmacists working as coaches to consult with and educate customers with type 2 diabetes on how to manage the disease, says the Chicago Tribune. Each year, customers may be eligible for four to six consultations. Quote, one of the best ways to slow down the acceleration of the disease is to stay well, unquote, says Colin Watts, Walgreens vice president and chief innovation officer. So I, Mm. I thought that was really interesting because it, you know, it's it sounds like it's it's a an extension of the mini clinic, the you know minute clinic kind of model, the CVS model. You know, right. everybody and their mother now seems to have a mini clinic, uh, but those are typically for acute, you know, tr- you know diagnosis and treatment of acute issues that are really easy to deal with, so strep right. throat or cold. a cold or whatever. <clears throat> this seems to take it to another level, where now they are literally offering care that you would get from your primary care provider uh, or other sources as well. So I title this one, the flattening of healthcare providers because it's kind of like the world is flat where uh, you see this kind of like uh, the spread of the ability to deliver healthcare uh, growing. So it's going beyond your traditional providers of hospitals and health systems uh, mini clinics was an example that's been around for a few years that we've talked about. So now here's another example: of somebody who's not a traditional provider, uh, who's who's dipping into something that's pretty significant. I think diabetes. Right. Mm-hmm. So how do you deal with that if you're a if you are you know a system that has a diabetes center, uh, or your endocrinologists um, are losing business, or primary care physicians you know treat these people. Yeah, well and you know what the one thing you're certainly not going to get from Walgreens
1: is a diagnosis of having diabetes. So you still I mean there's, you still have to go to your doctor to discover that initially. And I'm guessing from there you're going to establish some sort of a uh uh you know, lifelong relationship with if not that physician, another physician um for regular checkups and whatnot. But yeah, I mean this mm-hmm. things like this are going to creep in as you know, it's going to supplant your physician for for some for some things for sure. I mean, undoubtedly. I, but I, you know, being that you see there's more and more of a push in healthcare these days for at least th- that we're seeing from a lot of our clients is is to educate consumers for people to to have some knowledge to do some research before they come in so they know what to ask. Um, and you know, there's sometimes it seems like there's some pushback from physicians who get mad when or not mad, but maybe a little defensive when somebody comes in thinking they know more than they do or, or whatever, but right. I don't know. I guess, I guess I could see organization hospitals being, you know, maybe even excited by something like this. It's, it's yet another place where their patients can learn. Um, and, you know, just expand the knowledge they have of whatever their, uh, you know, the disease might be, especially something like diabetes where, you know, it's nothing that's going to go away is something you're going to live with.
0: The interesting thing about this is that they're pharmacists. Right. Seems a little different to me, but... Yeah, and as somebody who has type 2 diabetes, I'm trying to think through how, the, how I would value this. I mean, I'm the situation you just described, Adam, so I have an endocrinologist that I see maybe once a year. There's a uh, kind of a nurse practitioner that I see a couple times a year, mm-hmm. um, and they help me they help me manage it, but they're more about... You know the blood work and where are your numbers and what's the mm-hmm. next step in treating it. Mm-hmm. They're not really. A, they can offer help as far as lifestyle, dietary, um, exercise, and all that. Certainly, um, the question is: What I see this because I got Walgreens right around the corner for me. What I see this as something that would be of value to me to go. Well, I get. I have to pick up all my prescriptions. I do mine at Target, but let's say it was at Walgreens anyway. Uh, would it? How could the pharmacist help me? You know, is there a cost associated? Do I see mm-hmm. it as kind of an in-between with my physician? So it's something that, you know, I have to go in every month. So maybe there's a little more contact. Uh, it's not that there's necessarily something wrong. Uh, it's just that, you know, I don't know what kind of coaching they're going to provide, but uh, it's, it's just go interesting. Ahead. And what well, I like so- about it is we just wrote a blog on this. Uh, don't know of anybody else doing this, right? I mean, no other drugstore or Walmart or anybody's doing this kind of offering, uh, which means there was no track record of it. There was no, you know, whoever, the chief innovation officer, if he came forward with this and said, here's what I want to do, and the CEO said, well, how do you know it's going to work? Prove it's going to work. He would have to say, I I can't prove it. There's no track record of it. We're going to be the first to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the blog post we wrote was, you know, that prove it, pushback can kill innovation because there is no track record. Uh, and those, you know, companies with foresight and, you know, the ability to think ahead and uh, be open to opportunities are, are actually looking at that as a good thing, <laughs> not a bad thing. Right? Mm-hmm. right. So, you know, kudos, if anything, to Walgreens. And we used to talk about this way with Best Buy, who opened a um, kind of a health technology store. Do you guys remember that EQ life? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. Uh, and it, and it, it didn't, didn't take, I mean, it was out there for three years and they closed all the stores, but they took a rest. They, they innovated around something and they learned a ton from it. So, uh, you know, it doesn't mean it always has to succeed, but you're never going to break new ground if you don't try something new to start with. So, uh, I love stories like this where people clearly are kind of going out on a limb with something new, uh, and, are celebrating that and aren't afraid of it and, and not shutting it down because, you know, somebody can't prove the ROI of it. Right. I mean, we're and so, all for measurement. We're for you, for, for, you,
1: for right. you as somebody who, who lives with diabetes, do you see this as filling a hole that hasn't really been filled? I mean, is this is this an opportunity? I mean, I know I know hospitals have classes that they offer to help people become more educated. um, But, you know, classes feel a little different to me than consultations and direct care um so do you right. which i assume that is what this is at least that's what it sounds like it is so to me it feels like you know if you're not getting this from your physician this is filling a hole that that exists it's meeting a need that hasn't been or it's a meet, it's meeting a need that hasn't been met which is kind of sad that hospitals haven't
0: done this already well, maybe they think they have yeah to a point i mean i i i Get what you're saying totally i mean when i was diagnosed years and years ago when i first did it i went through a, a wonderful program at my current provider that was you know i talked to a psychologist a dietitian, an endocrinologist they had built this kind of team of people all of whom you kind of needed input from uh to learn how to deal with something like that but then after you're done with that i mean this is something you manage your whole life right mm-hmm. and typically when i go in and see my doctor about it it's kind of like well I saw you six months ago. Here's where your numbers are at. Uh, you know how are you doing with your diet, and blah, blah blah. Uh, and if it's not where you need to be, then we need to take new steps. It's not an ongoing uh, consultancy, right? Mm-hmm. But other things offer that. like my my health insurance offers that. They offer coaching. Uh, if I wanted to, I could probably be more aggressive in dealing with my provider, even going online and sign up for services that are there. Um, Mm -hmm. What I think the difference here is, is for a lot of people, I have to like, for me, theoretically, I'd have to be in Walgreens every month, every way, anyway, right? I have to go in there to get the medications that I use to deal with type two diabetes. So the convenience factor is what's new about this. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not something where I have to go seek it out. It's not, uh, you know, I have to plan for whatever I'm there anyway. And if that can be tied to a consult that happens every month. Even if it's a 20 minute consult, right. um, that might that might be something worthwhile to me. I don't know. It'd be interesting. Maybe I should try it. Maybe I should, you know, test it and see see what it's like. Mm-hmm. You should. That'd be that'd be
1: great to uh kind of a great well follow up to uh, some of the uh blog posts we've written on this topic in the past. It'd be nice to get yeah. some hands on.
0: I don't mind donating my body to science. <laughs> Alright, well I'll look into that. There's there's like seriously four Walgreens within a four mile radius of me. Yeah. It's hysterical. They're they're just like everywhere. And in more those, Walgreens than McDonald's. In between those <laughs> is probably a CVS.
1: Yeah. A CVS pharmacy on every other corner. Yeah. Or Super Target. Or Super Target.
0: Yeah. Or so I don't know. Target. That's interesting. We'll keep it we'll keep an eye on it and see, you know, where they go with it and what the service actually is, if there's a cost and um I wonder how the pharmacists feel about it. I don't know. I mean, pharmacists I th- think like to think of themselves as a a resource for expertise. They yeah. don't want to be seen or f- thought of as just pill counters. They want to be seen as hey, we know these medications, we know their impact, we know how all this impacts your health. Uh and so it may not be much of an extension to say well, we can talk about some of the other aspects of it too. Uh, but it would be interesting, you know. Do they see it as a burden? Uh, do they see it as an opportunity? I don't know any pharmacists, but if if anybody does, maybe we could check in with them and see what they think.
1: Yeah, that'd be interesting. That'd be
0: interesting. They, if they view it as a burden, or if they're going to view this as
1: an exciting opportunity to engage their customers, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Anything else that's fun and exciting today? Um, oh, and one other. Kind of fun tidbit on a technology note. Um, this might be meaningless to a lot of people, but uh, YouTube is currently experimenting with uh, HTML5 for video embedding. Embedding, you know, if you if you're somebody who has watched video on the internet at all within the last few years, is it, well, pretty much a ninety nine point nine percent chance that everything you've watched has been through the Flash player or a flash based player so if you don't have the flash plugin, you can't watch video or if you're trying to watch video on like a mobile device like an iphone you can't you know for the most part can't watch video on web pages they do have the youtube integration but that's kind of different um so the downside to that to using flash for all of that is that it's um you know it's flash is not a standard it's it's a it's a it's, it's a plug-in you have to download it for your browser it's not necessarily cross-platform and all you know and every in every area. So it's, so it's, it's something that it's restrictive. Not everybody is going to experience content if it's offered up through flash. However, with HTML five coming out and as browsers start to adopt it, um, it's offering a new way to share some of this media, uh, including video. Um, and YouTube is experimenting now with that. And I've signed up with it and I started playing with it. Um, and so it's, a, it's an exciting change to see, yeah, see video online moving to a standard and away from away from flash. So I guess if you want to get a feel for it, I would recommend just going to YouTube, get go into their test tube area, they call it and uh, plan around with it a little, a little bit, you know, it's new, it's kind of in its infancy. Um, but you can see if there's performance differences. Um, yeah, it'll be exciting to see if it takes over and, uh, totally replaces flash online, especially when it comes to serving up video. Um, it won't for other things. Flash will still have its place, but, uh, if you're if you're like me, I, I mean I kind of despise the infiltration that flash has made on the on the interwebs. I've got I've <laughs> actually got a plugin in my browser that blocks everything that is flash. Nothing that's flash loads until I specifically click on it and tell it to load. Cuz it's uh it's such a resource hog, it bog your computer down. It's been responsible for crashes. It's been responsible for security for hacks. Um people have been able to take advantage of flash vulnerabilities to uh, hack into systems um just, you know, a lot of downsides to it so can't use it on your iPhone it's exciting you can't use it on your iPhone there's going to be a, you know there's some mobile phones that are trying to integrate it but from what i've seen it's just extremely slow on those phones really bogged down um so it's it's just it's the world is a better place if we can move away from <laughs> proprietary stuff like that into things that are open source into standards where um content is accessible and not restricted you know based on that uh, baloney so that's my tech nugget for this uh, <laughs> podcast. Cool. Nice.
0: Anything, Jackie, from you before we sign off? I don't have any nuggets. <laughs> no nuggets. Okay. I love my nuggets at home. Maybe, Maybe Walgreens will offer a special service for people like you. With no nuggets. Who are nugget yeah. deficient. It's a whole other issue, people.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up there. I think that's a good time to, to draw it to a close. So for Healthcare Marketing Insights, this is Chris Bevelo. Adam Meyer.
1: Jackie Ratako.
0: And we'll see you next week. We'll see if Adam joins us because, dude, your baby's like almost here, like any second, right? <laughs> Pretty much. All right, so wish, wish Adam and his wife plenty of luck, and we will see you next week. See ya. Peace out.